Welcome to the Long-Term Care Insurance Q&A podcast, brought to you by ltcshop.com, where we make it easy to shop for long-term care insurance. My name is Scott Olson. I'm your host and co-founder of ltcshop.com. I'm a certified specialist in long-term care insurance with over 25 years of experience in the industry. The goal of this podcast is to help answer the most common questions you have about long-term care insurance and to help you prepare for the future. Let's get to today's question. Today, we're starting a new series of podcasts called Long-Term Care Insurance Alternatives. Long-Term Care Insurance is not right for everyone. In fact, we tell about half the people who visit our website to not buy long-term care insurance. That's true. We have a special little tool we created on our website. It's proprietary. No one else offers it. It's called the Policy Finder. And if you haven't used it yet, go to ltcshop.com and click on Policy Finder. You can answer a few simple questions. And if long-term care insurance is not right for you, we'll email you and tell you. If long-term care insurance might be right for you, we'll email you a custom quote within two to four hours. You don't have to give us your phone number. You don't have to speak with an agent. Just answer a few simple questions. It's simple, fast, and private. Now, there are dozens of ways to plan for long-term care. And one of our proverbs uh, at ltcshop.com is this. Not everyone needs long-term care insurance, but everyone needs a plan for long-term care. So over the next several podcasts, we'll discuss the pros and cons of common alternatives to long-term care insurance. Today, we'll talk about health savings accounts. What is a health savings account? Well, health savings accounts have been around since the mid-1990s. They're often abbreviated as HSAs. And if you own an HSA, you can deposit pre-tax dollars into the account. Or a better way to say that would be that uh, you can uh, deduct from your income the money that you put into the health savings account. And that lowers your income taxes. The money in the account grows tax-free. And you can use the money in the account to pay for medical expenses like co-payments, deductibles, prescriptions, and even long-term care costs like nursing home care or home health care. And when you use the money for medical expenses or long-term care expenses, you are not taxed on the money. That's what's great about these accounts. You save on taxes when you deposit money into the account. You pay no taxes on the growth of the money in the account. And you pay no taxes on the money when it's pulled out to cover medical expenses or long-term care expenses. It's a brilliant idea. And I've owned one for 20 years, over 20 years. There are only two catches. In order to open up um, and make deposits into a health savings account, your medical insurance policy has to be HSA compliant. In particular, 
that means your medical insurance policy has to have a high deductible. Also, there are limits on how much you can deposit into the HSA each year. Depending upon your age and if you're single or married, the amount you can deposit into the HSA ranges somewhere between $3,500 and $8,500 per year. And those amounts usually increase a little bit each year. The money can be withdrawn to pay for long-term care tax-free, and that's why some people view HSAs as a great way to plan for and pay for long-term care. Now let's look at a real-life example. Recently, I had a conversation with a man who was thinking about using an HSA to pay for his future long-term care needs. He and his wife are in their late 30s, and they're very aggressive savers and investors with a goal to retire early. Now, he currently has about $40,000 in his HSA, and he's depositing about $7,000 every year into it. He assumes he can average about 7% uh, growth every year on, on the investment because he's allowed to invest the money in the HSA. And he predicts that he'll have about $300,000 in his HSA by their early 60s. Now, once you reach age 65, you can't make any more deposits into the HSA. Deposits are not allowed once you hit age 65. Now, this sounds like an amazing way for him and his wife to pay for long-term care until you look at it a little bit closer, all right? $300,000 sounds like a lot of money, but 30 years from now, that'll probably pay for less than 18 months of care. But that's not the worst part of the plan. The biggest downside to this plan is they don't know when they'll need care. There are people who need long-term care in their 40s. There are people who, who, who need long-term care in their 50s. My uncle got multiple sclerosis and at, at an early age. I think it was 30s or late 30s or early 40s. People get Parkinson's, you know, Michael J. Fox in his 40s, okay. Um, early onset Alzheimer's hits people in their 40s and 50s. The first year I was in this business, I met two husbands whose wives were diagnosed with Alzheimer's in their 40s. Car accidents can cause crippling and knee you know, dis disabilities, falls. These are just a few reasons why someone might need long-term care at an early age. And unfortunately, a lot of people who retire early don't consider the risk of one spouse needing long-term care at a relatively young age. Assuming that you won't need care until your 80s uh, is a fatal flaw. I mean, what if you need care in your 50s? and you have to spend down your assets, what will that do to your spouse's financial independence? Some of the biggest advocates of retiring early have been diagnosed with severe chronic health issues, and they haven't even reached age 60. If you hear snoring, that's my dog. She's sleeping in the office with me today. Um, 
That's also my main concern. Some, some, when some financial guru on the radio or TV says, don't buy long-term care inter- insurance until you turn 60, there are people who need long-term care well before that, or they might be uninsurable. They might not be able to health qualify when they reach age 60. I had a relative who had a major stroke in his early 80s. He ended up needing over six years of care and he ended up sharing a very small room in a Medicaid nursing home. After he'd been in the nursing home for about a year, we'd noticed there was a new residence, resident. Um, it was another man who had also had a major stroke, but he was in his mid-50s. Now, Scott, are you suggesting that people in their 40s should buy long-term care insurance? No. Yes. It depends. (laughs) Age should not be the determining factor for when you purchase long-term care insurance. There are people in their 60s who should not own long-term care insurance. There are people in their 40s who should own long-term care insurance. I wrote an article a while back. Uh, It's entitled, Finally Revealed, The Best Age to Purchase Long-Term Care Insurance Is... If you'd like to read that article, there's a link to it in the show notes. If you can't find that link, then just go to ltcshop.com. Click on the little magnifying glass near the top right corner of the page. Then type in best age to purchase in the search box. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Long-Term Care Insurance Q&A podcast brought to you by ltcshop.com. At ltcshop.com, we compare all types of long-term care policies to help you get the coverage that's right for you. Visit ltcshop.com today and click on Policy Finder to get a custom LTC quote based on a few simple questions. If you found this episode helpful, go ahead and give us a rating or share it with a friend. If you have more questions about long-term care insurance, you can email me tweet me, or take a look at my book. It's entitled Simple LTC Solution, and it's available on Amazon. You can find the links for all these in the show notes. I'm Scott Olson, your long-term care insurance expert. Until next time, thanks for listening.